Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Well, welcome to another instance of the Marketing Tech Blog interview series. Uh, we have had some powerhouses on the show so far, and we have another one on the line today. We have Mark Schaefer on the line. Hi, Mark. How are you? Oh, powerhouse. You are. <laughs> I've never been called that before. I, I, I tell you what, I, I think that uh, as soon as I go to any event, I automatically gravitate towards what you're speaking about. I, I, I oh. yeah, and and I got to tell you that usually when I go to events, I'm a tech guy, right? So mm. I usually hang hang out in the exhibit lounge, but when yeah. I see Mark Schaefer speaking, I go in. I, I think you do a fantastic job. It's obvious that you prepare a lot for for what you're saying. You uh, entertain. Uh, so you're a funny guy as well, uh, and you always bring examples, which I think is great. It's not, you know, my opinion is so. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. I mean, that means a lot. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I do work hard on my on my content. So it's and you know I I I really you know respect you. We've both been around a while, and to hear that from you, that means a lot. Thank you. Oh, you're very very welcome. How did how did you get? You know, maybe we're going to talk about your book big time. Yeah. That's for anybody listening. Hang on, because we 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 definitely want to talk through through the the Mark's newest book. But how did you get started? Well, uh, I started out really as a uh, journalist, and uh, but late in my college career, I took some marketing classes, and I got kind of got hooked and thought, you know, I think that's where I, I want to go someday, and uh, got the opportunity to spend some time in uh, sales and then work my way into marketing. Very, very, had some just wonderful jobs and then started to really transform myself into a digital marketer really at the beginning of the web. I'll tell you a funny story. I, I've never told this, I don't think. I think it was 98, about 98 or so. I went to my boss. He was a marketing like vice president at that point. And I said, you know, I think there's something to this internet. <laughs> would, would it, uh, there might be a way we can use this. Can I subscribe to AOL, AOL and, and write it off on my expense account? And he said, sure. <laughs> so I had the first internet connection in my division <laughs> to see what's out there and uh, how can we use it. And it's just hard to believe that's not that long ago. Uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, you and I both, you know, we lived in the land of, you know, three television channels <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a phone with a that you had to use your finger to to yeah. dial with. <laughs> and you and I, we lived in the world of brochures. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know it, that that seems to be something in common too with a lot of the digital marketers that really lead the space right now. That the timing was just critical on when they when they made that transition. So you talking about you know, jumping into AOL and it was just the right, right timing. Uh, I worked, I worked at Landmark Communications, which was a newspaper company. And, um, and at the time they had closed a huge cable deal, uh, with the weather channel and, and some other stuff. And they decided to invest heavily into the internet with a company called Infinet, which brought the first, uh, newspapers online. And, and uh, 
and we we just happened to be sitting there watching it happen and it was you know again the timing was just perfect and i i don't think i went full time on the internet for for several years but it was it, it was definitely already created that uh that seed you know it was, that it was a magical time at, at yeah. south by southwest this year i got to hear steve case speak the founder of AOL and just to talk about the just the resistance he had and and because basically it's it's just like what do you do with this thing he i mean he really was a a visionary he really saw the mass marketing potential of this where nobody else did right and uh so you know ult- ultimately i mean the world kind of went a different way uh, I think he ended up doing very well, and he's involved in a lot of different things now. But he, that man really was uh, a, a visionary, and uh, give him a lot of credit for the for the guts that he had. I don't know if you knew this or not. He was actually he was like a he was a marketing manager for Pizza Hut. Wow, he I was. did not know that. He quit his job as a marketing manager for Pizza Hut. Well, you know, if I was ever a marketing manager for Pizza Hut, I'd probably put him out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I would eat I think, the profit margin. I think that's what I'm going to have for lunch today. Anyway, <laughs> this is a serious program for serious people. So yeah, yes. Let's get off this pizza thing, man. What are we, what are we here to talk about? Today? Somehow, all of my conversations always gravitate towards pizza. I don't know what it oh, is. <laughs> are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Well, Mark, uh, f- congratulations on the launch of the book. Uh, Thank you. I'm the, very proud of it. I know, and and I'm just seeing the wildfire. You know, uh, it's funny when you know because I follow everybody in the business. When when someone launches a great book, yeah. um, or they do a great speech, or whatever, you see it. You know, just kind of spread like wildfire. And and yeah. and I and so I've been seeing it over and over and over again. And I haven't read the book yet. I'm I'm going to pick up a copy. Um, but 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 the reviews from thought leaders in the space yeah. is off the chart. Well, it's so rewarding because I'll tell you, Doug, when I was when I finished the book and 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 turned it in to be published, I thought this is my best book. I've written five books, and this may be my best life's work. I really think it's that good. When I finished it, I thought I've accomplished something here. This is a marketing book that has never been written before. This is a marketing book that people need right now. It answers the biggest question, which is how do we cut through in this world of overwhelming information density? Uh, I'm I'm a marketing strategist. I'm just not going to sit back and take this. I got to figure out how to win. And I spent about a year and a half, actually longer than that now, about two years studying this, researching this. I interviewed more than 50 people and and I came up with a concept that I, th- I think really will help people. But, you know, whenever you finish and you put it out there, you just never know. You just never right. know. Is this going to go over people's heads? Are they going to get it? Do they understand what I'm saying here? And they do. And uh, as you said, the, the reviews and the recommendations have been really, really awesome. And it's just I'm just so happy that people are enjoying it and, and they're understanding 
kind of where I'm getting at with this. And the the book for people uh, that don't know, it's called The Content Code, uh, Six Essential Strategies for Igniting Your Content, Your Marketing, and Your Business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so please look that up on Amazon. You can go to uh, businessesgrow.com to Mark's site, and and he's got information on the book as well. you know something that strikes me and i i I, the prem the entire premise behind the book is so important because we've pulled i remember you know was it five years ago we were telling people that hey every business is going to be a publisher Mm. and they all said oh you're full of crap Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) well mm -hmm. now here we are Mm -hmm. every business is a publisher whether they like it or not uh they they have to be publishing content and, and one of the things that I really like about the, the, the entire premise behind the book is now we're almost in this phase where there's companies that are doing well with content and then there's companies that are just kind of producing content. Yeah. And it's a production line. It's the, you know, they're plopping out the Fords, you know, at the end of the production line, but they're not, they're not building the Ferrari, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and there's a lot to that. And and, and to tell you the truth, part of the premise is the book of the book is that my advice and the strategy in the book begins with the Ferrari. That look, that's table stakes. But uh, for the last, well, let's see, let's say five years. See, to me, I don't. I, I think it's a very fine line between social media marketing and content marketing. If you're doing social media well, content has to be the fuel oh, anyway, okay? Ab- absolutely. So, so in a way, we've got this new buzzword content marketing. It's also it's almost like a do-over for social media marketing. If you screwed that up, you still you got another chance. <laughs> yeah. So, um so, but the thing is, even 2 or 3 years ago, if you were creating that Ferrari content, you were probably doing okay. And to, and to that degree, if you continue to build great content, create great content, you continue to build an audience and engage with them, then that's the plan. And my premise in the book is that is not the finish line anymore. That's the starting line. And that because of the intense saturation of content that's happening in many of these verticals, in many of these businesses, we, we need to look at now something in addition to content and audience. And that is, the ter- that is ignition. Yeah. How do we get the content to move? There is no economic value in pushing the publish button. Right. The value only comes if the content is consumed and shared. And what I focus on in the book is quite a bit of very compelling research that shows the impact of shared content on the purchasing behavior. And also, when people share content, it's a big deal. It's a very intimate decision. People generally don't share content, and when they decide to share it, it's a very, uh, it's an emotional and intrinsic decision. So they're saying, I want to share this content because I believe in this, and you should believe in it too. 
or this entertained me, and I think it'll entertain you too. And so people are taking the time to read it and understand your product, your services, and what you're talking about. So the, pr the process of sharing content creates advocacy. And as we go into this world where the millennials are going to take their place as the biggest consumers in our economy, the millennials don't trust anybody. They don't trust companies. They don't trust messaging and advertising. But here's who, there's, here's what they do trust. Content that's shared on the internet. If they see content shared, even if it's by a stranger, it has more credibility than what comes from a company or an ad. No doubt. So, yeah. this suggests to succeed today, you need to develop a new marketing competency. You need to focus on ignition. You need to folk figure out who are these people sharing our content? Why do they share it? What are they sharing? Where are they sharing it? And how do we get them to do more? And for most businesses, less than 2% of their audience is actually sharing. It's hard to get people to share content. And so in the book, I call this the alpha audience. These are the people who are really creating benefits for your business. This is the bedrock of your business. I would guarantee you most businesses don't even know who those people are. Who, who are the people out there that are saying, I love you. You're important to me. I'm sharing your content. How do we nurture them? How do we reward them? How do we turn that 2% into 3%? Instead of focusing on traffic, which that people may, you know, may or may not hang around, why not focus on this elite group of people who we know are doing good work on our behalf? So that's some of the main themes of, of the book. It's, it's very, it's very, it's a very new way to think about it. Well, you know, the, and the, and the interesting thing there is there's some natural pathways there too, right? That if, if I've got people sharing con my content out there and it's that small group, let's say that 2% group, the incredible thing is the pathway is already there for the audience that, because I, I don't have to go query, um, you know, an advertising variable to see if it's the right audience or anything else. Mm, mm, mm. These are That's people, right. these are people that actually connect and, and, and live in the same realm of yeah. all of the other people that I'm trying to reach. I, I love that idea. I, it, it's like, they're like uh, self-organizing. Right, right, right. So you don't have to worry about, you know, how am I going to target this? How am I going right. to, it's, it's going to naturally target itself. I mean, isn't it ironic in a way that, you know, we're trying to do all this outreach. It's it's a basic sales principle. Like it's, it's much easier and cost effective to get current customers to buy more than to invest in attracting new customers. But all we're, all of our resources and all of our attention is, is focused on traffic instead of focusing on trust and connecting with the people who are already sharing and creating business benefits. Why aren't we really focused on, on nurturing them? It's a, it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I love what you're saying because this is something that we, 
most of the companies that come to us that say we need your help it's because they're low conversions right high cost per acquisition you know things like that and mm. and and one of the first things that we typically do from a content strategy standpoint is we, we know that that's the problem we know we know before talking to them that that's the problem and so we go back and typically we cut down their site to a tenth of what it should be you know and then we start we we start focusing on what kind of information their audience is looking for mm. not not mm-hmm. what kind of content you should be you know you should be writing about your company mm-hmm. but what is what is that audience looking for and every single time total visitors drops <laughs> and mm. conversions increase and mm-hmm. we scare the heck out of them because they, you know, they say, oh, my gosh, you know, the traffic to the site has dropped 20 percent. And we say, I know what's happening with qualified leads. Well, they went up. Well, wow. How about that? <laughs> you know, and it's getting people out of that. You know, we, we've trained them right with traditional marketing, billboard marketing, uh, newspaper marketing. I got a thing this morning that said, um, hey, you were mentioned in this newspaper and they get over a million views on their site per month. <laughs> Well, I I looked at that and I laughed. You know mm-hmm. it, it, that that number means absolutely nothing to me. Yeah, right. You know, right. What, what matters is you know of my target audience, how many people might be interested in that content, and and boom, what you said would share that content. You know, and get that out there. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I also think is a very rich area for discussion and innovation is that there aren't a lot of tools to really help us know those people. Let me give you an example of, of, what, I, of what I mean. So um, the couple of weeks ago, I was at a conference and someone posted a picture of me with uh, another guy and it was on, I think it went on Twitter and someone posted on Twitter, that is a picture of my two favorite bloggers. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, now. I had never heard of this person before. Uh, I think we followed each other on Twitter, but I, I don't remember ever seeing a tweet from her. She's never come by the blog. She's never emailed me. She's never left a comment. She's just kind of completely in the dark. Yet, here is a small, strong signal from someone saying, you are special to me. Now, there's a lot of talk right now about dark social media. And most research points to the fact that of all the content that's being shared out there, we don't see 70% of it, or maybe even more than that, that it's shared through email, it's shared through text messages, things that we can't measure or have access to. Interesting. So, So the vast majority of our audience, we may never see. However, there's this middle ground that I call gray social media. These are the people who are telling us that they love us, but we just don't hear it. We don't have the right 
we're not tuned to the right station because most of our analytics show us a bar chart. Here are the number of mentions, and here is the sentiment. You got a happy face or a, a frowning face. So a comment like this lady made would have been lost. She would have been accumulated as a mention and somehow formulated into positive sentiment, but I wouldn't know that this person just raised her hand and said, I love you. You know, and you, and, and though we, we don't, we can't find enough of those people. Those are the, Once, those are the relationships that we those need. Those are to the nourish. relationships. So, so this is where we, as a marketing community, that's really where I think a lot of the next discussion needs to go. Because as I was working on the book, I was like really intensely talking to a lot of analytics companies saying, well, what is available? How, how do we focus on these things? And there's nothing really out there that's, that's adequate right now. And, and part of the reason is, there, as I talked to some of these leaders in this, in this field, is that there's just not the pool for it right now. People are happy with averages and, and Pareto charts. But, but, but that's not going to be good enough as we go forward. The, the real opportunity and innovation is not in a chart. It's not in big data. It's in the little data. It's in these small, strong signals that people are coming out of the dark and they're saying, we, we're here, you're important to us. We need to capture that information and find a way to nurture those customers so that their engagement with, with us goes up. I, I literally just read a report that Amazon put out in the retail space that said that Amazon Prime users convert 74% of the time. So, so imagine the world of Amazon users, right? Yeah. That that entire yeah, yeah. space, and what is, you know, two percent conversion rate, you know, something like that. But here they've harnessed, they've harnessed, you know, yeah. they're they're, you know, and not to say this is a social, you know, kind of strategy, but boy, if they could turn it into one. Well, what's it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, mean, it's a data strategy for sure. But the point is, is that. You know that that is an ungodly number that any retailer would absolutely die to get. Yeah, it's and, almost it almost seems impossible, doesn't it? Right, and yeah. and and uh, and and so you know that that should be the lesson to people. You know, from what you're saying is, if you can harness the core group of people that love your content, that love your brand, that love mm -hmm. your people, yeah, and and you're talking conversion rates and sharing rates. Uh, off the charts. Well, I mean, and think about that. I mean, so what? I think this is a very relevant discussion because, um, so what? What's Amazon going to do? They're going to create so much value to these prime customers that they're. It's going to be talk at the dinner table. I I, I got to tell you. So uh, inside scoop. I was a prime member and I was a prime member just because I read tons of books. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was the only reason was I, you know, I got my one click on and, and mm -hmm. I don't want to pay for shipping on all of it. So that's it. But I kept getting emails from them saying, Hey, have you watched the latest movies on your yeah. prime account? Have you watched? There you them? go. Well, there guess what? I, guess what I went and did. Yeah. I, I went out and I bought the, the Amazon TV. <laughs> yeah. Now I and already, now, I now already had Apple TV. 
Yeah. But now I'm watching Prime Isn't movies. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so and, they and and they're getting into music. I mean, the yeah. you know, I I I was I actually I got one of those uh, Echoes. Oh, nice. Amazon. Yeah, I was one of the first people. I should have written written something about it because now it's kind of old news. But uh, it was one of the rare op- rare times that I was an early adopter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it it basically if if you like this device, if you like just it's almost like talking to someone in your home and getting some news or information. Um, and it's not perfect; it has a long way to go, but it kind of reinforces the value of being a prime customer because it'll say we're going to play from your prime radio station or selections from our you know prime music inventory or whatever or we'll read to you from a book available through your prime account so uh yeah again it's 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 saying okay you are the alpha audience and we are going to love on you and we're going to just keep giving you new ways to interact with us to drive that engagement level up and uh yeah i love that analogy uh it's 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 so cool now now uh just you know kind of shift directions here when you're talking about this you know a lot of what we're seeing customers uh, companies do right now is they they have this combination approach on sharing content um, so of course they have their core audience that they're sharing with and they want those people to share um, then they have uh, you know a public relations influencer play where they're trying to grasp the attention of mm-hmm. people in the industry that could bring you know some credibility and authority to their message mm-hmm. and then the third one is the paid approach right the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know utilizing facebook you know mm-hmm. paid advertising is that is that you know are you downplaying any one of those versus the other or no those oh. are still all critical components great question um crit- they're all critical and they all have a place i would say i put a little more emphasis on um organic and influence and a little less on paid. And here's the reason. Let me tell a little a little anecdote. Um, I saw three weeks ago there was an article in Ad Age magazine about the renaissance in SEO. And it it detailed how most of the big advertising agencies in New York have doubled the staffs of their SEO teams in the last 12 months. And the reason is because all their clients have bought into this idea of content marketing, they're spending, 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 developing content, and guess what? They're looking around and nothing's happening. <laughs> it's not moving. People aren't seeing it and, you know, there's no value unless it moves. So they go back to the advertising agency and say, well, look, we're spending all this money. What do we do? The ad agencies say, well, um, well, we tried SEO before. That's always worked. Let's try SEO. We know how to do that. We know how to bill for that. Oh, and no. so they're building they're building these SEO teams. Now, there is a place for advertising promotion SB, SEO, no question. But here is the nuanced difference about where we are today. You can trick someone into clicking. You can't trick them into sharing. And the economic value is through the sharing. You can build awareness. You can start to build an audience through promotion, advertising, SEO. There is definitely a place for that. 
But at the end of the day, you've got to create something deeper. You've got to, you know, either through your content, through your engagement, through focusing on this on this alpha audience component. It, but SEO alone is not enough anymore. And I think that is going to be, if that's the only thing you're doing in terms of trying to move your content, that is lazy marketing. Well, there, I, there's, I, there's six components in the book. Only one of them involves money. The other five, you know, any business with any budget of any size can start working on these things and it's going to have some value. Well, I, I want to I want to reiterate that too because we were when we first started in the industry we were we were doing a ton of you know search engine optimization for people and and we still do keyword research and we utilize the search engines now mostly as a monitoring of authority uh, because I think what what Google has done is basically stripped out the ability to manhandle the algorithm in other words. Hiring an SEO company to gain ranking is, I, I don't know what that's, what the right analogy is, but there's a huge disconnect there. And, mm. and the problem with the disconnect is that what Google said is, hey, if you have a relevant high authority source talking about you, so mm. if Doug Carr writes about content and mm. he mentions Mark Schaefer's book, Mm -hmm. Because Doug has some authority there, he's going to help Mark lift up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And and the problem I think that SEO has, and the reason why honestly so many SEO companies have 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 quit, right? They've gone out of business, or they've they've reemerged, you know, as mm -hmm. what public relations content, content <laughs> companies, right? And and the and the thing is, is the way that we go with it is we believe social is the core of SEO now. I absolutely believe that if I can write content that gets shared yeah, there you 5,000 times on yeah. the internet and, yeah. and 100 people mention that article in another article or in another place yeah. or on social media, guess what happens to my ranking? Yeah. It skyrockets. And yeah. so, so you're, you're. I mean, even though Google denies it, there's a lot of research that shows there's the, there's a correlation there. Well, the the I think what they deny is the, the what Google denies is that social shares have a direct impact on on ranking. And I yeah. And I yeah. say, of course, yeah, that's a yeah. good thing. But what they what people miss is the middle ground, and that's that if you share something, you know, ten thousand times. So the content code, right? So. So how many people in, in social media have written about the content code already? Mm -hmm. And what did they do? They linked to your site and they linked to the book. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that is a direct correlation with ranking. Sure. That, that's my point exactly. In fact, yeah. I, make that, I make that point in the book. Your, your, your point, I, I make it exactly to say, you know, Google kind of denies this, but hey, if, you're, if the content's going to is getting shared, then all these Google benefits are going to accrue. So, I mean, it's, it's an irrelevant debate. Right. Yeah. And the, and the best part about it is Google is really hyper-focused on links with high relevance. Yeah. Well, guess what social sharing is? Mm -hmm. It's the perfect, we started out the conversation this way. The people that share your content are 
almost 99% relevant, you know, within the industry, within their title, within their, you know, within their yeah. company to be right. in your industry. And so the, the relevance factor is you can't get a, a, a higher relevance factor, you know, right. than, than the people that are sharing your content. Right, right, right. Well, this is exciting. I, 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 uh, I so you're going to laugh. I, I, of course, was on Amazon as you were speaking and I ordered your book. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is the ultimate multitasking, but you know, I'll forgive you for, the, for that. <laughs> so I was like, I, I have to pick this up. And, and, uh, now, now, um, again, businessesgrow.com. What's your Twitter address, too, for folks to follow you? Mark. W. Schaefer and Schaefer okay. is S C H A E F E R. Okay. And and is this a you know is this a long read or is it a nice you know condensed read or? Uh well a lot well I'll tell you something this is another thing that's been amazing is the number of people that said I could not put this down. Yes. Because first of all I mean it is a fun book I mean I I, I put some humor in there I got some stories in there. But there's no fluff. I mean, there are ideas on every single page. So some of the feedback has been, this is a very entertaining book. I couldn't put it down. I read it all the way through. And other people said, you know, I, I, I'm on my second or third yellow marker because I've gotten so many ideas out of this book. Uh, someone said, my marketing uh, manager isn't going to be very happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But, that, but that's the impact and here, here's the ultimate. Here, here, here's the ultimate compliment because at the end of the book, I predicted that in the next 12 to 18, let's call it 18 months, uh, every marketing department, every advertising department, whether internal or external, is going to have specialists focusing on content ignition. And so I was at a, a conference in LA a few weeks ago and this lady from a big brand came up to me and she said, it's so ironic that I'm coming to hear you speak because I was talking to a consultant the other day and he mentioned you and said, what a big impact your writing has had on him. And he gave us the most unusual advice and I'd like to know what you think of it. This consultant told us, Forget about all our other metrics. We need to concentrate on social sharing. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, well, I would have to agree with him. <laughs> I, I, and obviously I've had a big impact. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Well, we, we launched, uh, I think it was uh, about a year ago. I guess it was about a year ago. We started talking about content authority. And, and, and the, re the reason why was, again, because we, we kept having companies come to us that said, hey, can you do, you know, can you, can you write four blog posts a week for us? And can you do a, an infographic, uh, uh, you know, a month and a, and a white paper each quarter? And, and, and I, I never understood that, that question because that was production, right? Yeah, it's and a I, cookie cutter. It yeah. is. And, and the thing was, was could we do that? Sure. And yeah. and then there, what's the next question? Okay, how much per word? How much per? How much per? How much per? And the, and it really bothered me because there was no value associated with it. There was mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. conversions associated with it. And what yeah. and we and what we had prided ourselves on was taking people from, you know, from, you know, writing. I don't care if they wrote ten blog posts a week, but taking them from that to, hey. 
how can we increase our reach and authority within your industry you know by 20 percent and it, and it, and i don't care i don't care how we did that maybe it was just through a white paper maybe it was through a video maybe it was through some blog posts you know maybe it was through some primary research you know uh and 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 pr opportunities but but it's not about writing something it's a it's about what you know gaining authority when you write something mm-hmm. and uh and so I, I i can't wait to read the book because this is exactly and then the other part of it is what you just said there is so great because i am sick and tired of people in fact i i'm not kidding mark i have in in front of me in my email i have an email <laughs> and i just brought it up and it was someone that wrote me from a, a a journalist from a publication and they said can you share a couple of examples of measurement that you don't think are as useful for instance social shares that they think they think it's not not useful exactly hmm. and and the reason why they don't think it's useful is because i think we have had an epidemic in our industry of people talking about conversions social conversions mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. media conversions and i was mm-hmm. and I, and I, and i think that you know people email conversions are high right website conversions are you know are are low ad conversions are very low but uh, you know uh and, and social that just doesn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> and people don't realize that social is is an interactive behavior in the customer journey you know it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things that it, you know when when your content shared one you're shared in front of a new relevant audience that you didn't even know existed Two, it's some credibility associated with it. And trust is the hardest thing to get people to convert online. You know, Mm -hmm. are they going to click on a Facebook article and convert? Maybe not, but what they are going to do is ding. Now I know who this person is. Now I know who this company is and wow, a lot of people really trust this company that is ex- that's exactly the right approach to take and yeah. it's so frustrating to me because this it's a historically important opportunity to to be able to reconnect with people and every time we have a new technology um, we try to teach it we try to treat it like the old technology so you and I were joking before right. the program about hey you know we've been around a long time we can remember life before computers before we had the web, we had brochures, but here's the thing. Whenever we started websites, what did we say? Here's our brochure. (laughs) Yeah. You can use the same words. You can use the same pictures. Just get us up on the web. (laughs) And so the first websites were brochures and the first social media marketing, uh, campaigns, it's advertising. And people have been conditioned for decades to advertise. And they're disappointed because social media, it's not advertising. Right. But it's, it's, it's like you say, that's like saying going to networking meetings is – that's not advertising either. Yeah, because you didn't you, walk out with a contract. <laughs> you go and build relationships. It may take months. It may take years to build relationships that lead to trust and and trust leads to a meeting or some kind of engagement and then you know maybe six months later a year you'll get a 
an RFQ, and then maybe a couple years you finally get some business. Well, that's how do you measure that? That is more of how you need to view social media, I think, than trying to compare it with with conversions on advertising. Exactly. And so, so you really need to understand where does it fit in the marketing mix before you can start complaining about how you can't measure it. Yeah, I I tell people it uh, to me the the analogy that I use and it's just because of my own business. You know, I started the blog 10 years ago. But mm. I didn't start my business until 6 years ago. It took mm. it took that much time to build demand enough, yeah. you know, yeah. to support myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I tell I tell them it's it's like having a a retirement account. You don't <laughs> you don't put money in the account and then check the balance the next week and say, "Well, can I retire yet?" I love that. You know, it's not, and, and, and it's momentum when we, we've had one company that has started and stopped with us three times. And you know what happened? Every t- single time we had to start from zero. And, and it's because it's a momentum game as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. you know, you're conditioning your audience. You do it on your blog. You speak. Uh, you write books. Your audience is conditioned to go there and get new insight from you on a weekly, monthly, you know, annual basis, mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm, on what mm-hmm. medium. And if you stopped tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, for three months, you're going to lose half your audience. Yeah, yeah, and, at and, least. And and so the other part that I always try to you know tell people is this is. You know, if you want low cost, you talked about it, low, low acquisition costs, high mm-hmm. sharing, high mm-hmm. reach, high visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you have to do that is this, you know, you have to slowly build this incredible social, uh, you know. I'm Mom- not, I think momentum, momentum is the right yeah. word. I love yeah. I, 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 I love that word. And I, I, I teach at, uh, at Rutgers University. I talk about it in a different way, but the comparison I make is to advertising, and this is one of the things that's really hurting us. We're, we're, we're basically institutionalizing ineffectiveness because for decades and decades, our, our marketing departments and advertising agencies are built on campaigns. So we, uh, we, the, we get a pitch, we win the business, we do the creative, the awareness goes up. Maybe we do coupons, so we've got some short-term sales. Then when the advertising campaign goes away, the awareness goes away. Right. Social media, you don't stop. You, you keep driving people up that engagement curve. And I like that idea of momentum. You, the, it, the, the, the budget for this is not up and down like advertising. It's a, it's a slow burn over time. It right. never goes away. Right. And we're not organized that way. That's not how we figure out our budgets. Uh, and 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 you can't. I'm not sure you can abdicate creating long-term relationships to an ad agency. Maybe it's time to bring some of this stuff in house. In fact, I see that happening. Yep. So there, there's 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 a there's a lot of moving pieces with that. Well, the irony of a campaign as well is that it has nothing to do with the customer buying cycle. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You know, I, 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 I love like these, you know, when people plot out their customer life cycle and they say, well, you know, after if they click on a, you know, link on the email, then we'll send them an email in 
two more weeks and then we'll send them a text message and then we'll do this and then we'll do that and it it has nothing to do with what the customer wanted <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it, it was just plotted in a campaign you know yeah, because then, we got because we got hit quarterly numbers right right that's that's the exactly. other institution that's the other institute and i'm not saying we don't we, we can get away from that stuff but it it, it absolutely it flies in the face of what people want well, the, and and I, if you're doing the momentum play, what you really pay attention to is the trend, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not yeah. paying attention to the the campaign or the quarter. Yeah. You're yeah. saying, how did we do this quarter over last quarter? How mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. How, you know? What did we do differently? What can we do to improve those numbers? And mm-hmm. and that's what you know. I almost tell everybody, you know, the the, you know, don't look at your analytics and see how many people visited today. You know, go to your analytics and say, what's the trend? Are you increasing? Are you decreasing? How is it compared to last year uh, Mm -hmm. at this time? You know, take a look at that trend and that's when you see the benefits of it. And that's when people's eyes open up when you when you show them. I love the social share is a perfect example, you know. So Mm -hmm. if people are sharing your stuff, you know, dozens of times this week, but then three months from now, they're sharing it hundreds of times, you're going to be able to build that correlation between those shares and the conversions. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's going to be a good leading indicator of sales. Yeah, absolutely. If you, I mean, and, and actually, I, I work with a big company I can't, uh, I can't name, but uh, actually I can, I can name them, but I can't identify them as, <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as the, but they, they did a long-term, a multi-year statistical correlation between uh, share of conversation and market share, and it and there was a, a strong connection uh, that that really validated uh, these ideas. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, I, I want to. I, I obviously I want to push people to you. So, businessesgrow.com, and you have a. Do you have a newsletter over there that people can sign up at? I, I well, I I do. If um, you can sign up for the blog. Okay. For the newsletter, I've got you can see uh, the pod. I do a podcast with Tom Webster. I know that's that's you can find all my by books. The way. Yeah, Every, I love it. Everybody should listen to that because you guys, your back and forth is absolutely incredible. Yeah, Web- Webster's goal is to is to is to make me lose it every time, and he usually <laughs> wins. <laughs> he usually wins. Yeah, yeah, he is he is a sharp guy. I really like him. He's a very talented guy. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's very he's very quick and he's he, and and, he, and plus we're we're probably the only podcast that does celebrity impersonation. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had Scott Monty on. Did you know that he does them too? He does. He does. Yeah. That's craziness. Yeah. You guys yeah. are you guys are uber talented. And I, yeah. I like to tell you know for my listeners. Um, you know, our listeners are very tactical in nature and, and we, you know, they come to research tools and discover tools. Um, I always encourage people that that's, that's great. You know, marketers need that, but please, please, please follow people like Mark who are thought leaders in this space. And, and they're the people that I follow to create our strategies, you know, internally. And, Uh and I, I think it's really important that you don't just, you know, pick one marketing site and go with it. Um, but but follow Mark uh, and and read the book uh, again. It's called The Content Code: uh, Six Essential Strategies for Igniting. I love that word, igniting your content, your marketing, and your business. Uh, 
Mark, I can't thank you enough for spending this time with us today. It's been so much fun. Please have me back soon because that's it. I've enjoyed it so much, Doug. I absolutely will, and I need to get down there. You're you're down in Tennessee, right? I'm just a five hour drive from you. Come I, and see us. You know, I I spend a ton of time in Chattanooga. Um, I'm down there probably once a quarter. I I I love that state. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. And I tell people that. Um, you know, as I get older, I, I, it's pulling me there. I think I yeah. might make it there. And yeah, I, I moved here from L.A. And, and I've just fallen in love with the, the, the forests and the lakes and the mountains. And yep. this, this is it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Awesome, yeah. sir. Well, thank you so much again and, and uh, have a great day. And once again, the content code, uh, pick it up from Amazon today uh, and be sure to get to businessesgrow.com. And of course, uh, look out for Mark speaking. He's such an entertaining and talent, talented speaker, and, and he really does work hard to, to bring the best content into this industry. So uh, really appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.